0: Amen. Go ahead and be seated. So if you remember a few weeks ago I told everybody the story of how one night we most of the school was at this party and we were well we got found out and so that next week it was it was um, basketball season and so this next week we we had to pay a price in physical price and so I thought I'd maybe tell you a little bit about more about that story and what was going on is the entire team was being punished for something a few of us did the whole entire team was having to run every time at practice and so I felt like you know I needed to step up and say you know hey I'm I was there I was one of the ones that was there that everybody else was being punished or a lot of people for being punished for something they didn't do so I know what I needed to do. I needed to come forward and s- go to the coach and say, hey, I was one of those people. And I knew there would other be people that were there that wouldn't come, but I, n- I know I needed to do it. Something, like I said, I didn't want to do it because I knew what was going to come. I knew what the result was going to be. There was going to be trouble for me. And so one time a- after practice, I went to the coach and said that, and knowing that not everybody would that I felt like I needed to take one for the people that were innocent, but also for the people that were guilty, that didn't didn't come and pay the price for, for them. And so when I did talk to the coach and I did pay the price, the next week in practice was not a lot of fun for me at all. In fact, that's probably why it took many, many years before I even wanted to do any sort of running at all, because I got it all out that week. So today we're going to look at at a story where jesus i think is he's he's getting ready to take one for the team he's going to take one for the team and really this team it's not just his disciples this team is all of us it's everyone he's going to take one for us all and the life of jesus right now what's going to happen in his life in the next few days it's in his disciples it's it's as the title of the sermon it's about to get real it's going to get really real for him now Last week, we looked at, at the Last Supper, what we know as the Last Supper, with Jesus and his disciples, and Stan talked about Peter and Peter's denial, and, and Peter saying, I'm not going to do that, and Jesus saying, yes, you will, and, and, and Stan talked about the, some of the things with that, and so now we see Jesus, he's taking his disciples after this meal, and he's going to a place that's familiar with them. He's going to the Mount of Olives, and specifically a place called Gethsemane and something we might be familiar with is the term garden of gethsemane that's where where they're at that's the setting of the story today and this place this this word gethsemane i i looked this word up of what it means and that word means olive oil press which i just find this and that's the just the amazing of the bible and all of the things is this word means olive oil press and you most of us know what's going to happen to jesus and what's going to go on and you would and i just think of like that's probably what jesus felt like is that he was actually in an olive oil press all the tension all the pressure that was going on with him and just the i mean just the beauty or just the amazing of that Of like you go to a place that's called olive oil press when you feel like you're in olive oil press but let's read today it's going to come out of Matthew 26, starting verse 36. It'll be on your screen, if the screens work, which hopefully they will. Or if you want to turn to your Bible or those at home, turn to your Bible. Let's, I'll begin reading. It says, Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, the hour is come, and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Now, Jesus knew what was ahead of him. He knew what was going to happen to him in a few days. He knew this time on earth was, was about up. He knew that this physical being of himself, of being human, was up. That he was going to face, and maybe it was one of the biggest temptations of his life of wanting to maybe save his own life or being able to save his own life and a, and a struggle in his life that he was going to pay the biggest price ever the biggest price of his life for ours to accept something that he didn't deserve now Jesus as we we know is the son of God well but he's also fully human yet as i said he's also god it's kind of a hard concept to grasp what all that means how that all goes how we 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 put that all together because he's a human but he's being god he's able to feel everything that we experience everything that we that we ever have gone through he goes through that and yet he also knows everything also so being able to do something about his his, your discomfort about the tension the pressure that he's under and not doing it because well you're also God and you know that that's not part of God's plan so Jesus being God he knew he had the ability to not obey his father he had the ability to not obey his father and save himself but if he didn't obey his father then he would have sinned, and then he Jesus wouldn't be without sin you can see all that stuff that's going that could be going on in jesus head but jesus knew what was ahead of him and how he he knew it was going to get really painful for him he knew what he was going to have to experience how he was going to have to face death on a cross for our sins but he also knew how it was going to end how it wasn't going to end with just him dying on the cross it was going to end with him conquering death by being risen from the dead and that's really why we cel- I mean that's why we celebrate Easter in a few weeks is this resurrection of Jesus, this life. And I really when I think about some of these this this whole conundrum so to speak, I'm glad that Jesus is Jesus and God is God because they, they figure that all out. They've got it figured out because my small human brain, that's hard for me to kind of grasp all of that. But the human in Jesus had to be struggling, didn't he? He had to be suffering. He had to be fearful. Think if we were in that situation. Think if that was us. What we would be feeling. In Hebrews 4.15, these are the words it says. It says, this high priest of ours, which this high priest is Jesus, understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same testing we do. Yet he did not sin. So, say Jesus had a headache. He didn't just cure his headache because he could he probably went through the headache so he could experience everything we experience because sometimes even when you have a headache like when you're done with the headache you kind of get this oh it's the headache's gone and you get this peacefulness this 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 weird sensation that you're like oh i i like this much better and so god jesus wouldn't be able to experience it that verse in hebrews wouldn't be true So Jesus went through the same stuff we go through. He's lived it. He knows what he's talking about because he's experienced everything we have. He can relate to us. And Jesus really does know what it's like to be us. Now, even though Jesus is God and he knows what God is thinking, we still see Jesus in this passage. I think he asks the Father. He asks God. He asks God a question in verse 39 jesus asks his father he's like he's just going god there is any other way for what's going to go down what's going to happen if there is any other way for this to go some other way i'd really appreciate it but jesus also he 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 knows it's got to be god's plan it can't be my plan it can't be his flesh's plan that is trying to save itself now Example, this is wh- I, I thought of this is that something when you already know the outcome, what it's going to be, is when you're speeding down the highway, and you see those lights go on behind you, and you get pulled over, and the highway patrol officer comes to your window, asks you for your driver's license, your registration, your ins- all of that information, you know it's going to happen, right? But... Some people still ask. They still ask if they can not get a ticket, and some. And it never happens to me. Like it will never happen to me. I think it's there's certain people, certain genders maybe, that can get away with this, but (laughs) they'll ask about not getting a ticket, and they actually won't get the ticket. I probably get the ticket plus reckless driving or something. (laughs) so jesus is just asking like he knows the outcome but he's still asking a question but we also see jesus didn't abuse his authority he didn't put himself above above his father and just think that he knew best like those of us that have children they do that to me all the time thinking they know best and want to tell me what to do now look at these words and listen these words in philippians 2 verses 5 through 8 in your relationship with one another And he's so fully obedient to his father. Because Jesus was innocent. And he knew the price he was going to pay for us. He was going to pay for us. We're the guilty ones. The price of his life on the cross for ours. To take all the sin upon himself. Take all of that all upon him. To forgive us and restore a relationship with God. To give us life. Yet, we still see jesus asking the question we still see him asking is there some other way and that's i think that's jesus being human just like us being human it's our flesh saying i don't really want to die this horrible death on the cross but jesus knowing that that's my flesh's will god that's not your will yet thinking father god i want what you want so i thought Maybe there's something in our life that maybe we want to ask God. Maybe there's something in our life, but we just don't. So why aren't you? Because we see Jesus did. Maybe we think it's not okay to ask God a question. But Jesus did. So maybe there's also those times when we already know the answer. Jesus already knew the answer, but Jesus answered the question. He still asked, hoping maybe there's something that God had a different plan, some other way. But let me give you this verse about what God's plans are. This comes out of Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in a future. I read that verse, and that sounds like God's plan is a pretty good plan, doesn't it? Sounds like His plan is probably even a great plan. Sounds to me like that's probably why Jesus is saying, "I want to follow God's plan," which He did, and He did follow it. So why wouldn't we want to follow God's plan and not our own's? Now, in our story, Jesus comes back to our, to His disciples, and He finds them sleeping he wakes them up and this time he tells them not just watch but he says watch and pray and then Jesus goes off again to pray so we find Jesus praying again this time we we don't see Jesus asking a question we see him accepting the answer so that's my next point is accept the answer accept the answer that that God gives us now if you ever noticed if you I'm sure lots of us have read this passage before But there's a difference in verse 39 and verse 42. So if we look at verse 39, the last part of it says, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. So I mean, that sounds a lot like a question. Now verse 42 says, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away, unless I drink it, may your will be done. That to me sounds more like he's accepting the answer. He's saying, it's not possible. So I'm just going to accept it. God, I'm, I'm going to fulfill this. Now, I think we've experienced that a little bit, haven't we? Some of those, times those answers that we get from God, they're, they're answers. We like the answers. But sometimes the answers are kind of hard, aren't they? They're answers we don't want to hear. And there are times when, when we do, we know the answer. We might be just feverishly praying for something perhaps praying for someone to be healed and we might have others people joining with us and praying f- to be healed praying for that same thing and hopefully they're actually praying and they're not sleeping like the disciples now i i have this old bible of mine up here and as i was kind of studying for this week i it just kind of popped open to this to this page here and you can kind of see it that I got a bunch of stuff written on there and, and my writing's not very good, so it takes me a while to figure out what it says. But I would when I got this Bible, I would write down what my prayer was and then I'd write down what the answer was. And I started to look through this and and I'd write the date on there too. And it was a, amazing of how many things, just about everything was answered in this in this Bible. And if things weren't answered, it was because there was it was a question that was like it wasn't really a def- answer i could write down but it's it's an ongoing that god continues to answer this so be, i can't really write it down but one of the things that i found in this bible was that um, my dad when he was diagnosed as cancer it was in 1996 and i i mean i wrote down that I'd pray for my dad to be healed but i something that you maybe not know is i used to work at the cancer center for many many years while i was in college and i just became familiar with kind of what the diagnosis was and i knew that i knew the answer i knew the answer he wasn't going to be cured i knew that i still prayed for that but i knew the answer so i i kept looking down a little bit further in the bible and I i found this other the the next prayer that i wrote is and i wrote for my dad when he died that he would die comfortably and peacefully which god answered i didn't like the answer but god did answer that because a year later my dad did die and he was peaceful and he was comfort now that verse i read in jeremiah that it says about god's plans I i've said this before and maybe you've you've heard me maybe you haven't so i'll say it again but god has a plan and his plan is always good now when my dad when that happened i didn't really see the good necessarily but i look back now the plan for my dad it was good because a few days before my dad passed away i was with him and he accepted jesus as his lord and savior he he received that forgiveness for for our, his sins He received that forgiveness that Jesus gives us on the cross, accepting God's plan, accepting life. Now, I know, that's why I say his plan was good, because I was in the room. I experienced, I saw that, that I'll be reunited with him at some point. Now, in our story, we see Jesus returning again to his disciples, and they're sleeping again. And this time, he just let them sleep. He just let him sleep and he went off and he prayed again. And then Jesus goes and he prays a third time. And I think when Jesus is all of these times he's praying, and especially now, that he's just really arming himself for what's ahead. So that's my next point is arm yourself for what's ahead. Now, out of this same story as in Luke. And so I want to read one verse or look at one verse out of Luke, Luke of this same version in history of, of Jesus in the garden. This comes out of Luke twenty two forty three. 43. It's on your screen. It says, an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. Now, this isn't the first time that we've seen an angel come to Jesus and, and an account of it and strengthen him. A few pages back of Matthew if we look at verse 11, and we see, see the words I will, I'll read to you soon, but this verse is right after the devil has tempted Jesus in the wilderness. Again, Jesus being tempted to, do, use his, to abuse his power of being God, but yet being human. And we see this is after the devil was unsuccessful. And these are the words that Jesus says. He says, then the devil left him, and angels came and attended him. What I want us to say is that three times Jesus went and prayed to his Father. Three times he came and he's got that strength from God, from Father. And I just want to say that we have that same God. We have that same ability that we can pray to God too and gain that strength. Now, Philippians 4, 6 through 7. I'll wait a second for it to hopefully be back on the screen. It's coming up says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. Now, some of the stuff I've been talking about, the story about my dad, and all of us have probably experienced this, is that we know life isn't Disneyland all the time, is it? It's not always... Just a whole bunch of fun. There's hard things like Jesus was going through hard things. Life doesn't go the way I wanted it to do. Someone close to us does get ill and they don't recover. That we might be injured. We might have something wrong and, and we're going to face this long road of recovery. And we may not, may not uh, recover all the way. We might not be without pain. And that there's people close to us that we, they hurt us both physically and emotionally. Sometimes both people let us down they disappoint us all kinds of things can happen along this journey of life so you'd understand what i mean by life's not disneyland all the time so what if we follow jesus example in this this story of of we just ask god we ask god questions and we accept what god's will is and we accept the answer that god is giving us and then we like by praying to him, talking to him, asking his questions, God arms us with strength. And as the verse I just read, let God guard our hearts and our mind. And that following this example of Jesus, by coming to God and praying to him, talking to him, gaining strength of what's ahead. Now, some of you will remember this, or these, these words will sound familiar, but when Jesus taught us how to pray, if you look at some of the words in here and some of the things that are said it it reminded me of of when jesus gave, told us how, how to pray and it, you'll you'll find some familiarity to this i think and so let me read that to you it's come out as a matthew six starting in verse six it says but when you pray go into your room close the door and pray to your father who is unseen Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This, then, is how we should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I see some similarities. Jesus going and praying. Jesus going by himself and praying. Jesus praying that God's will not be done, not his. When Jesus tells Peter to not fall into temptation, there's several little similarities that we don't really have time to discuss today. But I want us to see that when Jesus gave us those words that at this time he is really practicing what he preached he's not just saying idle words he's he's living it out that we see Jesus praying to his father we see Jesus strengthened we see Jesus prepared for what's ahead because of what's ahead like I said it's going to get real it's going to get it's real serious for it now it's going to be painful but after praying this third time Jesus gets up and he returns to his disciples and this time they're still sleeping but he doesn't let them sleep. He says to them, Arise. Arise and get going. We can't sleep forever, can we? Eventually the time to get going comes. Jesus says to his disciples, like I said, Arise. Let us go. Here comes my betrayer. We can't just sit in our house all the time. We can't just sit in our house and maybe pray sit in our house and maybe do all the every bible study we can possibly think of sit in our house and memorize all the scripture we want because if we're just alone and by our, our ourselves eventually we have to go and face what god has for us don't we now i'm not saying there's anything wrong with that there's those are all things that we arm ourselves with that that we 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 can do bible studies we can do small groups we can memorize scripture we can do all of those things but if we just remain inside our house inside our own little bubble and do nothing don't we kind of become a little bit inward maybe that we're not we're not seeing the whole world we're not fulfilling what god tells us what jesus tells us when he says go make disciples matthew 28:19, when it says therefore go and make disciples of all nations Eventually, we need to arise. Eventually, we need to go. And as Jesus showed him in the garden, it's okay to ask those questions. It's okay we can talk to God, that we need to accept God's answers, Then we prepare ourselves for what's ahead, letting God arm us and strengthen us. Now Jesus is showing us that you need to get going. He's telling the disciples, you need to get going. Now, some of you know my... I don't know if it's an infatuation or what it is, but with Navy SEALs that I, I just am in, I'm just just uh, enthralled with them. Because Navy SEALs, I think, really are the toughest human beings on the face of the earth. The things that they do, the things that they, they can accomplish are just amazing to me. And something I'm really discovering, too, is their mental strength. Their mental strength is just it's incredible. And I want to read something to you. This actually just comes out of a description of, I think, NavySeals.com about Hell Week. And so let me read this to you. It says, Hell Week is the defining event of BUDS training. Hell Week consists of five and a half days of cold, wet, brutally difficult operational training on fewer than four hours of sleep. Hell Week tests physical endurance, mental toughness, pain, and cold tolerance. Teamwork attitude and your ability to perform work under high physical and mental stress and sleep deprivation. Above all test determination and desire it is often the greatest achievement of their lives. With it comes the realization that they can do 20 times more than they ever thought possible. It is a defining moment that they reach back to when in combat. They knew they will never ever quit or let a teammate down. These are the words that the article lee- ends with. It says, the majority of the students who make it through hell week go on to graduate buds and become seals. Having survived that severe trial, they liter—they feel literally unstoppable that they can do anything. Now, Jesus' hell week, so to speak, was just beginning in the garden. And now he's saying it's now time, it's time to get up and endure this. It's time to get up and endure what's ahead. And he's found his strength from his father, found his strength from God. And Jesus literally is unstoppable. And did you know that I think we can grasp that, that the Navy SEALs feel, this, this being literally unstoppable, that we can do anything. And if you don't believe me, read these words in Philippians 4, 12 through 13. It says, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything i have learned the secret of living in every situation whether it is with a full stomach or empty with plenty or little for i can do everything through christ who gives me strength philippians four twelve through 13 now i know i can never be a navy seal i'm too old i'm too fat i'm too out of shape i'm too physically not inclined to do that and to top it off i can't even swim so that's a big problem <laughs> but I read this and it says I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength now over the next few weeks we're going to take a little closer look at, at Jesus' hell week and what he went through but in the garden I think Jesus is giving us an example of maybe how to handle some of our hell's weeks that times in our lives and they don't seem very fun But life isn't always like that. It's not always about hard times. Life has its ups and downs. But I think this is just an example of how we can just live our lives in all those times. It's in those good times, in those bad times. But what I really think is that we can be this unstoppable force. We can be this unstoppable force from the strength that comes from Christ, that comes from Jesus. And we see that it's it's okay to ask God. It's okay to talk to God. Because he's going to listen. He will listen. We accept the answer, God's answers. As I showed in this Bible when I said that, like I was amazed like God has answered every single one of those because God will provide one. We arm ourselves for what's ahead and we're ready because God will give us strength. But then we get up and know that we can do anything because Jesus gives us strength when life gets real. Let's pray.